This afternoon on my podcast today, I have a couple of guests joining me today. This is a Train Sports Talk podcast. Yours truly, Anthony Smith from the Stash Podcast. I have James McCallis joining me. Then my special guest, former point guard for Marquette, also Wichita State, played professionally overseas for eight years, has his own basketball academy. In other words, he's given game back to the youth. None other than Karan Bradley. So those will be my guests this afternoon on A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. So tune in, listen, tell me what you think about it. Because like I say, this train is building up ahead of steam. So you want to get your ticket and get on board. Once again, A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. This is Anthony Smith. Join me and my special guest today. Welcome to another edition of A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. I am elated to be with you guys today. Glad to have you guys listening. More importantly, because it is you, the listeners, that help drive this podcast to greater heights. So I want to say I appreciate you for listening and giving your feedback. And by the way, I'm also looking for sponsorship. So if you want to hear your name mentioned, especially in small businesses, especially black-owned businesses as well, get with me and I will give you the price breakdown of how you can support this podcast on a monthly basis. You'll find out that it's a lot cheaper than radio advertising. Today I do have a couple of guests that will be joining me and I am elated. Uh, from the Stash Podcast, I have my good friend who's Stuck in the state of Ohio, that could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. I'd have to let him tell that. Uh, James McAllister from the Stash Podcast is going to be joining me. And here in a little bit, uh, we'll have former Marquette and former Wichita State point guard. Also played eight years professionally overseas, Karan Bradley. He was very instrumental in two teams making NCAA runs. Not just one-and-done runs, but making runs in the NCAA as he played alongside Dwayne Wade at Marquette for his freshman and sophomore year. Team advanced to the Final Four. Then he transfers Wichita State to has two years, junior season. Helps that team, coached by Mark Turgeon. Advanced to the Sweet 16. I still remember that game. I thought that particular team was shooting too many threes. It wasn't until they started pounding the ball inside, started getting George Mason, if I'm correct. They started getting them into foul trouble. But as the old saying, it was just a little bit too little, too late. But it was a valiant effort. So, today's guest, James McAllister. Karan Bradley. A lot has been going on in sports, as a matter of fact. This just this week, I mean, with all these social justice going on, the protests going on, how NBA got involved, how you seen one team didn't even take the court and Basically, others followed suit. Other sports teams, others. The, the one that really stands out to me was Major League Baseball. 
Yes, and, and of course, I get it. Some things will be testy. But that's Major League Baseball. This is something that they've never really tackled. I mean, look at the makeup of Major League Baseball. But Mookie Betts, look at the support he also received. Was there some bickering? You can bet your bottom dollar there was some bickering. But the story I shared with you upon yesterday or last night, as a matter of fact, it was quite messy how Major League Baseball did it, but at the same time, it was perfect. It was unscripted. As opposed to them having a day off, they took the day off. And on the anniversary of Jackie Robinson Day. Yeah, we're looking forward to having a good show today. We're just waiting for Karan Bradley to call in. He, he's a very busy man. He also has his, I believe it's called Karan Bradley Elite Basketball Training. Like I said, he's a giver. Another thing Karan Bradley has added to his resume, I seen one publication or one report that said he's a professional basketball coach. So if you want to call TBT, professional and I guess in some senses you probably could well then yeah he is that unfortunately this past year the aftershocks the team that he coached which is some players compiled from last from previous past teams due to coronavirus issues the TBT was not the TBT as we knew it as they play in one centralized location. And I still to this day hold that I think that the TBT made a big mistake. They decided to have it centrally located in the state of Ohio. Wichita State was on that list of potential central location spots. Wichita State administrative, administrators, they put out a good pitch. And even said, even though we can't have full capacity, we'll try to at least have half capacity so you can have that game experience, that energy, have that crowd interaction. Remind you that the previous year, first year, having the Shocker team in there or the Aftershocks, the atmosphere for those two nights and those games were broadcast on ESPN were electric to say the least packed house both nights you would have thought there was an NCAA tournament taking place on the campus so I think this past year when they came up with the idea of having one centralized location I think they made a mistake by snubbing Wichita State because in so doing all three teams in the state of Kansas that had a team the previous year, they pulled out. And there were other teams also that pulled out to where I think personally, this is my personal opinion. Not that it really counts for much of anything. But we'll get Karan Bradley's thoughts on that. But personally speaking, I think had they 
had the game centrally located here in Wichita, you might have been able to pull some teams in that might not have pulled out as opposed to it being in Ohio. The Kansas State team, the KU team, the Wichita alumni team. I mean, you have those three teams right here in the state. You possibly have Oklahoma, Missouri. So one of my questions is, is this going to be the norm for the TBT, and is it going to be a rotating central location venue from here on out? And could this hurt the TBT in the long run? Something to think about. While we are waiting for Karan Bradley to call in, let me just give you a little briefing on him. Karan Bradley was born and raised in Northwest Houston and has played since the age of five. He attended Cy Springs High School where he led his team to a district championship where he averaged 28 points per game. He also attended Marquette University playing alongside Dwayne Wade his freshman and sophomore year where he and his team earned a spot in the Final Four of the NCAA Tournament. Karan graduated from Wichita State University in 2006 with a major in broadcasting journalism and a minor in sociology. So I might want to be careful because he could very well be doing what I'm doing right now. While there, he was a key part in helping the team advance to the Sweet 16 and was recognized as KFH Most Outstanding Defender. Throughout his college years, he has helped out immensely coaching younger kids the proper fundamentals of basketball. Karan played professional basketball overseas for eight years. He has played in France, Italy, Switzerland, Macedonia, Greece, Hungary, and China. He now spends all of his time devoted to training and working with kids who already have the knowledge of the game, as well as those who simply want to be taught. Karan now wants to share his experience and knowledge of the game with the youth so they can fulfill their lifelong dreams. So there you have it. Karan Bradley is giving back to the game of basketball, the sport that has been immensely good to him. So we're just waiting for that call to come in. Uh, there, There is some uh, action going on today in the world of sports. So let me set that stage for you as well because I do know for a fact that we have a sports schedule. In the midst of everything that has gone on and has taken place. So we are pulling up some news right now. Pulling up a sports schedule. I know there are some WNBA games that are either being played, have been played, or will be played. So, let's looking at the NBA coming up at 2.30 p.m. 
on ESPN. It would be the East first round game five. Milwaukee leads that series three games to one. It would be the Orlando Magic versus the Milwaukee Bucks. That game can be seen on ESPN. Then at 5.30 p.m., in the series that's tied up, first round West Division, it will be the Oklahoma City Thunder versus the Houston Rockets. Once again, that series is tied up. That game will be seen at 5.30 p.m. Also, West first round game, L.A. Lakers lead their series three games to one. It will be the Lakers, led by LeBron James, against the Portland Trailblazers. That's what we have on tap for the NBA. And that game also will be seen on TNT. Take a quick look here at Major League Baseball and see what they have on tap. Because right now they have no scores. However, just some quick briefings here. Sources say Cohen near Mets deal as a ride out. Also, Angels deal all star Lestella to A's for Beretta. Astros Athletics walk off before game in protest. Manny being Manny, Ramirez to play in Australia. Bozeman, who started, who starred as Jackie Robinson, dies. So the man that played the character of Jackie Robinson has died. So our condolences to his family. Uh, here we are showing afternoon games right now. End of the fifth inning, the New York Yankees lead the New York Mets 1-0. Also, bottom of the fifth inning, Detroit Tigers lead the Minnesota Twins 4-1 with one out. Also, in the bottom of the fifth inning, that game could be seen on Fox right now. Bottom of the fifth. Phillies lead the Braves 4-0 and top of the fifth. The Indians lead the Cardinals 1-0. So what I'm doing right here, we're going to try to effort getting Karan on the phone here and uh, come back. We'll have some more news. Hopefully we'll have our guest on. Ron is a very busy man, has meetings today, also has his academy, so we can understand the delay in the call. But we will have him on the phones here shortly. But right now, I'm going to go ahead and slip in a word from my sponsor, so stay tuned. This is A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. This train is building up steam, so get your ticket, get on board. I'm your conductor, Anthony Smith. Okay, I'm back. And we have got word that 
Ron will be joining us will be joining us shortly. Uh, so we're looking forward to him, and also we're getting James McAllister lined up. So we're looking forward to the rest of this show taking off. So like I say, this train is building up steam. Grab your ticket, get on board, because we're going on a ride. We're going on a ride. I would like to get your thoughts. So, uh, do you think that much was accomplished and right now, right now, joining me on this, joining me on the podcast right now, all the way in the Lone Star State of Texas, former point guard for Marquette, Wichita State, played eight years professionally overseas and is giving back to the game of basketball with his own academy, Karan Bradley. My friend, how you doing? Man, I am elated to have you. It's been a while. Last time we talked, I was on the airwaves at KGSO with Rick Thomas. And, well, let's say things have changed. Rick is in Manhattan, and I'm still here in Wichita. <laughs> yes. One of the things I want to ask you, I've been wanting to ask you, because we was leading into hopefully having you on as coach of the Aftershocks. But Corona happened. And that changed things drastically. Wichita had put in a bid, and they wanted to be the host site because they wanted to have one centralized location. And to me, I think the TBT made a mistake by snubbing Wichita and having it in Ohio. So is this going to be the norm for the TBT? And if so, does this hurt the TBT? Exactly. And I think Wichita put a good proposal because they were willing to go at least half capacity. And trust me, I've been in that arena when there was half capacity during way back to the Scott Thompson years before Mark Turgeon came along. And even at five to seven thousand strong, that place can get very loud. So I I think it was a big oversight. And uh, hopefully this is just a one-time deal, and hopefully we can get it back to normal because I have seen the TBT a few times before it came to Wichita, and Wichita by far shattered attendance records, so yes, most definitely. Yes, 
Exactly. Now, tell us a little bit, because we know that you went to, I believe it's Cypress Springs or Cy Springs High School in Houston. Average 28 points a game. Went to Marquette, played in the Final Four, transferred to Wichita State, played in the Sweet 16. Tell me the transition and what you would tell today's kids coming out. What's the transition like? Because here you were 28 points a game in high school. Yeah, I had to do my homework. <laughs> I had to do my homework. <laughs> so which means you knew how to light it up. So what's the one thing you would tell high schoolers going in if they have these lofty stats, what it is they need to prepare for going into college? Wow. Exactly. So you have a vast knowledge of the game on all levels, high school, college, professional, and now I could say even with the coaching, even though it was the aftershocks, it was still coaching. So you have a knowledge of the game. You have a knowledge both 
as a player, as a coach, and you even have your own academy. What do you see could possibly be hurting the game of college basketball? hoping you would have said was, and I guess I should have just been playing, was do you think the transfer portal will hurt the game? Because even here locally here in Wichita, we've seen, first we've seen the graduation of seven players plus Landry Shamit goes to the pro and he believe he's doing quite well for himself. And then a couple of years later, you have those, I call them young pups. And I'm a name drop. Marcus McDuffie along with Samar J. Haynes-Jones, they were the only two seniors on a team that was very freshman laden. So, with that being said, I believe you need that mix of upperclassmen, juniors, and seniors because Greg basically had to replace a whole team. So, you got these little puppies coming in. So, now by their second year, these puppies are starting to grow up and somebody wants to be the top dog in that litter. Now, after the second year, there's a mass exodus, and everybody's going their own way. I think the I think the right dog stayed, and he actually influenced one to come back that wanted to do the transfer portal. Portal, which was Dexter Dennis decided, hey, I'm staying here. Etienne decided he's staying, and then return. Mo Desi said, well, you know what? I miss well come on back home. But I think it had to be a weeding out process and they had to weed themselves out because I think everybody wanted to be a top dog and it just wasn't enough going around. So I think Greg learned now I need to have that mix, but he had to re- basically recruit out of emergency need. You know, as a, as a soccer fan and, and a former player there, I felt 
you know, I felt like they were on the road to doing some great things. Right. I felt like from that, that, that year when the, when the majority of them were freshmen, uh, you know, they were, you know, they were, they went through a lot of learning things. And that year for me, uh, for them, is we had, uh, you know, they went through a, a lot of the ups and downs. And remember, toward the end of that season, what happened? Yeah, they right? caught fire and made a they good caught, run in the NIT. Yeah. Right. They, they caught fire, and, and that was momentum. And then I go into now going into this year, I said, okay, this is that same ball, ball club that beat me. And they're, they're going to really make some noise um, if they stay together. And so I was, to be honest, I was shocked you know, that all of them decided to transfer. Now, of course, me being a, a, a former transfer, a person that, you know, I went from Marquette to Wichita State, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know, nobody should transfer because I wasn't in the locker room. I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, there's, and, and I tell people this all the time, uh, you know, there's different situations for different people. I do believe in uh, fighting it out and mm-hmm. committing yourself and trying to stick to it to the very end. But then there's just certain situations where you, you just have to make that decision from a personal standpoint. If you feel like you're not going to grow in that area, then you have that right to transfer and go to another school. Now, for me, on the outside looking in, I felt like it was a good situation for me. You know, I don't feel like it should affect me. Um, and, uh, you know, but, 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 then, but, then, but then again, that's my opinion on the outside looking in. think that's the thing right there had they got to play the conference tournament and then get them a you know even if they got them a eight seed or seven i would say a seven seed no i don't think i like the seven seed because seven usually plays 12 and 12 seeds usually be the seven seed so i'll probably say an eight seed get an eight seed and then do some damage because i think that could have swayed a lot of decisions maybe and i probably shouldn't do this but Maybe a Eric Stevenson might have still left, but maybe a Jamarius Burton stays. I mean, yeah. there's all I, kind of. I agree. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I mean, and that would have definitely made that situation better because it's nothing like going to the NCAA tournament and creating a certain bond. You know, not only with your players, but your, but your coaches as well, and that would have changed the situation. The fact that the season kind of ended so abruptly. You know, with the coronavirus and all these things, um, that definitely kind of made their decision. You know, so yeah, you, you're absolutely right about that. One and one thing we can say though, we know what whatever the distractions were, Coach Marshall can still coach through adversity because in the last eleven seasons, I don't know if you were aware of this, but in the last eleven seasons, there are four teams that have won 
plus that have had 20 plus win seasons. Only four teams. Does that sound surprising to hear that? Only four teams. When you think of all the blue bloods, well, I'm about to I'm about to give you these teams right now. Kansas, Kansas University, Duke, Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Wichita State. Four teams, and Wichita State is one of those four. Not you notice North Carolina wasn't mentioned in that. Kentucky wasn't mentioned. Why was not Kentucky mentioned? Well, remember after they won the Final Four with Anthony Davis and I believe Carl Anthony Towns, and that team graduated or one and done. The next year they couldn't even win an NIT on their home court, so that eliminated them from that conversation. So Wichita State is in good company with two blue bloods and a Gonzaga. So, Exactly. I mean, I'm pretty sure Roy Williams is like, what is it Greg doing that I'm not doing? <laughs> I, I, I had to put that in there. <laughs> and I'm and, and because, you know, I, I mean, this is even pretty, probably way off the cuff, but there are still some Jayhawk fans. And, you know, I could still hang some on Jayhawk fans. Yeah, y'all might have beat Wichita State more regular season games, but when you look at the NCAA record books, the record is still... Two and oh, we sent y'all home twice. But Kansas fans were probably rejoicing in Roy Williams' downfall last season. I'm pretty sure they love seeing it because some people just won't let it go. But tell me, right. So tell me a little bit about your academy, though, because you're giving back, you're giving back to the game of basketball. And that's something to be respected and something to be highlighted. So tell us a little bit about your academy and what you are accomplishing with that, and are there probably any future Wichita State players coming this way? I enjoy it. It allows me to give back to the game, to 
hired to train someone earlier, I said, I didn't have a training center that day. You know, and, and as a matter of fact, the time when I was coming up, it really wasn't like this. This really didn't exist, having trainers and where you can get consistent basketball, you know, just coaches and all year. Um, and so for me, I'm just fortunate enough to be able to still be around the game and teach the game and be able to mentor kids and, you know, to kind of have a piece of it. Because for me, I, that's all I've ever done was play basketball my entire life. And so now for me to be able to give back in that way, man, it's just a blessing. So I'm enjoying it. And I want to say keep up the good job because I know you're doing a good job. Final question, even though we know you have your academy. If someone offered you a coaching position at the college level or even a high assistant, let me, let me just really put you on the spot. If Greg, if, if Greg Marshall called you and said, Karan, I have a spot on my coaching staff and I know you know the game of basketball, would you accept that position or would you give it some strong consideration? to say today I appreciate your time we're going to have to do this more often as time will permit because I know there's a lot more because I want to definitely get back with you at the end of the NBA playoff run and get your total recap thoughts on that with everything that's going on you know even with the protests going on I want to get a whole season wrap do you think the playoffs should have been played so we'll have that conversation another time but because I, I want to do like a recap and get your thoughts on that. But I appreciate your time today. We'll get you back on. Ladies and gentlemen, Karan Bradley on A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. And I'll be back with another guest. Today, we want to thank Karan for your time. Much appreciated. Thank you, thank you guys for having me. All right. Okay, we're back. And we want to thank our guest, Karan Bradley, for being on the show with me today. Uh Coming up here shortly, James McAllister from the Stash Podcast.
I kind of think I got James in a terrible position because he has an, he has a hard act to follow. And he's probably going to think I did him unfairly. So, joining me right now on my podcast, stuck in the state of Ohio, and I could say that without him getting mad, and I'm not going to tell you what he told me last night, but uh, stuck in the state of Ohio, somewhere between Buckeyes, Browns, and Bengals, from the Stash Podcast, my good friend, James McAllister. James, how you doing? I'm doing great. I just told my listening audience, I think I kind of did you unfairly because you are the one that's coming up after Karan Bradley. So I put you in a... I put you in a bad position, but if there's anyone that can handle it, I knew you could handle it. So... Like, today is just dedicated to having guests on my show today because sometimes I get tired of reading scripts, even though I'm the one that pulls the scripts up to read. So it's good to have interaction and feedback from other people. So what's been going on since the last time we talked? Oh, we, we know what's been going on. There's been a lot of protests, a lot of unrest. Uh, Milwaukee walking off the court, starting a whole revolt. LeBron James getting in his feelings because it didn't go through him. LeBron the powder. I guess that's a good place to start, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I'll say that, uh, I mean, they, there's two games tonight. I'm glad there is because what these guys don't understand, and like, I, I, I appreciate what the, the sentiment behind it, but literally this is the biggest stage they're going to have. You know, because like, yeah, they're big on social media, but that's preaching to the choir, right? That's yeah. Like a, that's like a preacher preaching to a congregation as opposed to people that don't believe in it. Yeah. Yeah. Being on cable television, especially the finals, this year's finals will be the largest watched um, championship of all time, guaranteed. It won't even be there, no matter who it is. And so, every night these guys are being interviewed, they get says Black Lives Matter on the court, they get to wear their shirts, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like Sarah says, us white people need to see that, man. We need that reminder. It needs to be drilled into us. So, if they're not on the uh, TV or whatever, and the thing of it is, the main point of this is, most people over 40 don't have social media, right? It's not a, it's not like a common thing. Right. So they watch TV. They watch sports. And that's, you know, how a lot of people do get their news and current events. And, and I um, I salute them. I, I like what they did, and I, I'm glad they're coming back. Um, because I, I truly think that if they just all stepped away, they'd be making a huge, grave mistake. Exactly. Um, Right. Now, one of the things, as I alluded in my podcast last night, as I was basically going off my script last night, it was some very interesting points. What the NBA players could do once they get back to their respective cities and in their communities, because it has been said that if things happen, it's going to happen at the local and state level. And that's where these players once the Black Lives Matter is not seen on the court no more and the names are not seen on the shirts no more, now you have to go to legislation and say, look, I want my voice to be heard. That's why come I ended on a note last night, and this may ruffle some feathers, but I think 
when teams had a chance to go to the White House, even as Trump was in the office, I believe that when they declined that trip, that's where they made their biggest mistake because you had the chance to let your voice be heard. Whether the president listened to you or not, it doesn't matter. At least you had a chance to talk mano a mano, face to face, share your views and your concerns. That's why I said to me, the Kevin Durant's, the Clay Thompson's, the uh, what's the other one? Three point bomber number thirty. That that kid, Curry. I'll say by them refusing to go, they took the coward way out. LeBron, Le, Le, LeBron James didn't go. I say he took the coward way out because now that's your chance to let your voice be heard right before the ringleader. And you took the opposite route. You weaseled out. I agree. I think that it shows a sign of weakness because, like, I've always been taught to face your fears or face your adversaries. And I think it shows uh, uh, a form of, not unprofessionalism, but, like, it shows a form of cowardice in a way. I'm not saying they're cowards. Like, yeah, I wouldn't want to go there either. But they have a much more important role in the world. First of all, they're black, right? They influence a lot of black youth, number one. Number two, they have a much larger audience than I do. So by them doing that, it kind of shows that it's like, oh, you know, if you don't agree with someone or whatever, just ignore it. Well, that's why we're in the situation we're in now, because it's just been ignored, 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 ignored. And like you said, even if the president didn't listen to nothing, at least they showed like, that they're not going to have it anymore. You know, LeBron James posting a, a tweet on Twitter, oh, I'm going, oh, come on, man.
Like, they don't care about the black community, and that's quite obvious. So the black community has to care about and try to take care of itself. And some of these guys make so much stupid money that, you know, they, they have enough money to fund And now I'm not saying that they should overgo oh, we'll some now on whatever. Well, then don't raise your voice if you're not going to do something about it. This is, I'm a poor, broke, you know, white boy, right? Mm-hmm. The I can do for you and your community is what I did last night. And that's allow you guys to buy a platform to speak your message and educate my predominantly white fan base, you know, so that we can do something about it and, and not just make a post on Facebook or, you know, there needs to be more proactive. And, and that's all I'll say before I say something that, you know, piss somebody off, because trust me, I'm 100% black lives matter. What I'm saying is the, the black men that have the power need to use that and not just talk about it. LeBron, he does use it. But there's so many people, man, you know, like this, oh, well, there needs to change, there needs to change. Well, dude, I mean, what are you doing to change? Exactly. So, you know, we know that the Milwaukee Bucks, they didn't even come out the other night and the other day. And quite frankly, you can say you don't blame them because they were upset. Now, from what I'm hearing, while they were in the locker room, I believe like the team owner, somebody was on the phone back home talking with somebody in power back in Wisconsin. Like, look, this is what we would like to see get done. We would like to see this change. And I think that has to be the starting point right there. And like I said, they say there was some riffraff going on between the players union and whatnot because of how Milwaukee handled things. But right, George Hill kind of started the movement when Chris Paul and LeBron James are at the head of the players association. Exactly. And even with that Zoom call that they had, you know, when the call was presumably over, then LeBron jumps in and says, well, look, this is what I have to say, blah, blah. He said, and I'm looking after the younger people. The younger guys is coming up. Well, that turned them off. But, yeah. but Milwaukee, I think, set the precedent by saying, okay, while we're in this locker room, we're also talking with somebody back home in office to try to get some changes done. So, you know, in my podcast last night, I, you know, as I was reading from the script, they said what these players can do is they can go to their Congress, their local legislator, you know, and be a face and a voice for the voices because you have this power. Now, here's what you can do with your power. And like I say, if you want to be about change, make change, show up at these town hall meetings, organize meetings. So if these players decide that this is what they're going to do, now we can say, now they're starting to make a change because now people will actually listen because now we see them getting on the front lines. And I think that's why some of these players were disturbed and, you know, staged their form of protest because basically they're in a bubble and they are basically secluded from the outside world. Whereas during the George Floyd situation, some of these players was able to get out on the front line and be seen with the people.
because I know a lot of people are not going to reference this, but I am one, and I actually like the WNBA game. But you know what they did? They did their protest, falling after their brothers, but some of them wore shirts that had simulated bullet holes. Yeah, give it to me. <laughs> exactly. So, I moved to another narrative because we noticed even baseball took a stance. And at best, it was described as messy, but yet it was perfect because it was a disorganized mess, but it turned out yeah, perfect. So to see Major League Baseball even take a stance, to me, was a very shocking turn of events because yeah. no, no, no one saw that coming and like I say it was unscripted it wasn't organized as opposed to teams having a day off and not being able to do what they did instead they took that time off and uh, I wish I had the sound clip because it was basically Mookie Betts that basically pretty much was a spearhead and there was a writer and that was on my podcast last night but I, I played that sound clip and I'm like very profound because Basically, in that sound clip, said, if all I did was won trophies, but yet at the same time I went silent during the time of civil unrest and didn't try to accomplish nothing, then that in turn makes me a failure. So, that was a very profound statement. And that was. And that's why Chris Paul and LeBron James are at the head of it. And 
it, it, it needs to be approached that way, man, because one fell through, dude, and it, 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 when you use with these Rick White men to be like, oh, see, they don't care, oh, they're just a bunch, you know? So tell me something within, because uh, I'm almost up against my time limit, believe that or not. Uh, I'm, get, I'm getting a time limit warning on here. So I have basically three minutes and 40 seconds. So tell me, do this change the landscape of sports as we know it? Or do you think we will ever see sports back to normal? Because there's a lot going on. So in about three and a half minutes. What's your take on the landscape of sports, football, basketball, baseball? Okay, on a professional level, nothing will change because sponsorship is on TV. It'll be fun, right? Mm-hmm. College level, smaller schools and stuff like I was telling you about Mountain Union four years, a local college, uh, Division three, like they won 18 national championships in the past like 30 years. Well, they're sponsored by the SEC. So I mean, I don't know that they'll be able to survive. Okay, and on a high school level, like Maslin, all these big schools up here, they're they're they're. Um, they're up uh, shit trick without a paddle, man. And, but I think professional will be fine. But I think on the collegiate levels and the local levels, I mean, it, it's going to be devastating. It's really going to shake up uh, a lot of things, especially more in the collegiate side of things. I wouldn't be surprised to see some universities have to drop their programs. Exactly. Exactly. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I've had to close out this segment, James McAllister on the Stash Podcast. He's going to send me his link because I'm also posted on my Facebook page. That way you can check him out. He has a very diverse podcast, a very diverse listening audience, and very diverse guests. So you want to check him out. Once again, I want to thank James McAllister for joining me. Next time I'll try to put you in a better position that way you won't have a hard act to follow. But guess what? You held your own. So... Uh, all right. And till next time, take care of yourself, bro. Appreciate it. All right. That was James McAllister joining me. Close out this segment. On. You have enjoyed this pretty much hour-long segment. I had two great guests on. Then I had my good friend James McAllister. Yes, sometimes he has a loose filter, but hey, you know what? I give people their free speech. So until the next time, as I always say, take care of yourself and each other. Have a blessed day. And remember, this is A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. This train is building up steam. Grab your ticket and get on board and enjoy the ride where I take you. I'm your conductor, Anthony Smith. Have a great weekend.